right, for the last three weeks, finishing today, we've been talking about real life Olympics. Four things in our life where going for the gold is more important than being good at table tennis or synchronized swimming or air rifle, whatever that is. Uh, but four areas where we really want to do well. There's a verse in the Bible that says that training for physical training is of some benefit, but training for godliness, it has a bigger benefit because it's useful in this life and the life to come. And so we're looking at four ways where we want to train for godliness. And today we're talking about work. Work is like gymnastics because gymnastics is one big strength and balance and control expedition. And when it goes wrong, everybody knows. And work is big because it's like strength and balance and control. And when it goes wrong, everybody knows. And so we're talking about those and we're talking about work. Because God actually puts a high value on work. Bigger than the paycheck, bigger than anything like that, God actually puts a high value on work. And if you think, well, I'm retired, I'm done, I can check out, or the opposite in the spectrum, I'm 12, uh, then we're going to place work with responsibility. Because all of us have a responsibility. All of us have something for which we were placed here on earth to achieve. And whether we're working inside the home, making your bed, or full-on retired, then through these things, God wants to use our work for something so much bigger than flipping burgers or keeping people's power on or whatever your area of work is. And so today we're going to be in Genesis chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 28. And if you think, where is Genesis? Seriously, it is the very beginning of your Bible. All right, so you get past all the names of the people who helped put this thing into print, and then it's page 1. We're going to start in chapter or verse 28. And this is God talking about work. It says, then God blessed them, that's the people that he made, and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all of the animals that scurry along the ground. In the beginning, this is the very beginning, there was work. In the beginning, there was work. At this point in the Bible, no one has ever sinned. So if you've made it that far today, one, you're a liar. Uh, but two, nothing bad has ever happened. And there's already work. The reason is, is because God loves work. There's a blessing behind work that God himself steps into. Like if you read the verses that are before this, we get to see God doing all, all types of work. So on the first day, God hung the sun up there. Like he's, he's an electrician. He's making light right away. Day two, what does he do? Day two, he separates uh, the water from, separates like top from bottom. That's order. That's law enforcement right there. Day three, he puts plants everywhere. He's a landscaper. He's the guy behind the lawnmower making stuff look good. Day four, he hangs the sun. So he is the original solar technician. All right, before everybody else, God was into solar. Day five, he puts animals there. That's ag right? Like day five depends on ag, just like all those stickers say. Day six, he makes humans. So he's the original HR director. And day seven, he does nothing. He rests. So that's either government or somebody who majored in philosophy. Okay, no work, whatever coming out of those people. And all of this happens before sin enters the world. And the reason is because there's a joy that comes from work. Like when you and I finish something and we, we're like, we're accomplished, that thing is done. We can walk away, we can exhale, and like, man, I did that. That looks better now because of me. And that feeling is a gift from God. The way that you and I are wired to make stuff look better or run better or be better after we've already left the picture, that's a gift from God. And the reason that we know it's a gift from God is because up to this point, everything that God has made happen, he made happen with his breath. 
So does he really need us to do our stuff if he can make the world by breathing? No, he shares that with us. He brings us into the picture to do the things that he's trained us, that he's wired us, that he's given us a burden and a desire to accomplish. Because in the beginning, there was work. And work gets work done in us. Work gets work done in us. Next verse. Then God said, look, he's talking to his people, look at this. I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. He's saying, God, this is God's plan that he's going to create work because it's going to feed us. The burden of work is that it makes us better people. Through work, through conflict that comes with work, we're going to grow. We're going to become more mature. We're going to become more like God and the people that he created us to be because work is going to push us. All right, for all of us guys, when we were little, there's something inside of us that wants to be a professional athlete. When we see the people on TV, we want to be like them. And like the great theologian Marshawn Lynch said, I'm only here so that I don't get fined. Because even in the NFL, there are things that are part of his job that he doesn't want to do. Stand in front of a microphone and answer questions five days before the Super Bowl. I don't want to do it. I'm only here so I don't get fined. That's all he had to do, was answer questions. He didn't have to write the questions, just answer them. And his response was, I'm only here so I don't get fined. Every single question for the whole time that he was in front of the microphone, I'm only here so I don't get fined. In us, there's parts of our life that get broken down and rebuilt better because work pushes us, because work stresses us, because work gives us this thing. I think the simplest way possible is gives us the thing that makes us tired at the end of the day. That's a blessing because when we go to bed and we actually sleep because we spent our life working, spent our energy working. And if you think, man, I'm in the wrong job, I'm in the wrong phase of life because every day I am worn down, that could be God's work that's making you more like him. Because God has prepared you, God has placed you where you are to get exhausted positively for him. Because work gets work done in us. Work also gets work done through us. Work gets work done through us. He says, and I've given you every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and all the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life. And that is what happened. And then God looked over all he had made and saw that it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. That's work that God gets done through people. Now, I want us to think about this. Tomorrow's Monday. For a lot of the society, tomorrow is back to work day. But what would happen if tomorrow morning, everybody's alarms go off and all of us, including everybody outside the church, decided, nah, not today. Not happening today. It's not happening. I'm just going to sit on my couch. I'm going to be on my phone all day, whether it's ESPN, whether it's Fox Sports, whether it's Pinterest, whether it's Snapchat, whatever. That's going to be my day. So you sit down on your couch like this is going to be the best thing ever. And then you swipe up on your phone. And you're like, huh, we're not connecting. We're not connecting to Wi-Fi. We're not connecting to the network. I have a paperweight in my hand. Well, the reason is, is because the people who run the telecom company that connect your phone to the network, they're not working either. And the people who publish the stuff that you're going to read on the internet, they're not working either. So you're like, man, my phone has let me down. My fake God that lives in my pocket has let me down. 
I'm going to go get something to eat. And then you go and you open your refrigerator and you realize there's nothing there because everybody who works in the factory that makes the food or works uh, at the slaughterhouse that makes the food that fills your pantry with good stuff, yeah, they're on their couch also. They're not doing anything either. So you decide, you know what, I'm going to call the police because something has happened. And you call and just keeps ringing and keeps ringing and keeps ringing because all those people took the day off also. Work gets work done through us because God uses us and our jobs to bless other people. The purpose of work is to honor God by loving our neighbor and serving them through our work. And we love our neighbor when we do our work well. I think the best place to recognize this is when you go into a fast food place. Because a lot of us, we started in fast food. I wore the green apron not out of joy, out of necessity. And the day that I get to no longer wear the green apron, that was a beautiful day in my life because, I mean, I was working full-time at Mountain View. But for a lot of us, we start in fast food. And it is such, like, try this out next time you're at a fast food restaurant. When somebody looks at you and replies to your questions and smiles and acts like they enjoy what they're doing, getting to serve you, you leave feeling so much better. And regardless of what our job is, we get to roll that out. We get to pay that forward. We get to live that part of life out again for other people to see. Regardless of what our job is, we get a chance to love people through our work. We get our chance to be the the fast food worker that doesn't quite fit in because they smile because they're excited to get you the five burritos that you asked for, not a conglomeration of other things that you didn't order that end up in your bag. And the one thing that your kid wanted is nowhere to be seen, right? That's how it goes sometimes. But work gets work done through us because God uses you and me as a vehicle to demonstrate his love for other people. And that can happen regardless of what your job is. Work gets work done through us, but also work can work us over sometimes. And not in the good type of work us over. Work can sometimes work us over. And that happens in four ways. First one is overwork. Like, men, this is us. We pour our identity, we pour our effort, we pour our worth as men into where we stand on the corporate ladder, where the scoreboard says that we are, what our bank account says, what the size of wheels on our car and the lift that we have on our truck, what those things say about us, that is, that, that is our monster that we can never stop feeding. That is a slave driver that will never let us off. Work is a good thing, but when a good thing becomes a God thing, it's always a bad thing. And work can so easily become a God thing for us. Work can so easily become a God thing for us where it turns into the thing that gives us significance, the thing that gives us worth, the thing that gives us value. And so we are driven away from our family, away from relationships that are most important because we just want to get higher up on the ladder. We want to look better. We want to make another sale. We want to do that stuff better. And God calls us to a balance. And read the way that he calls, that calls us to a balance is through this thing that he calls Sabbath. It's a day of rest. So making fun of the government earlier about the one day in the week where nothing happens, God put that in there on purpose. It wasn't because he was tired. It was because he knew that we were going to be tired. It was because he knew that we needed balance, that we need to work hard for seven days and then have a day to exhale. And even makes that one of the commandments, that work can work us over if we never take a break. If life is all work, all grind, all the time, then that's going to ruin us as people. The second way the work works us over is the opposite. It's underwork. 
There's good in us that does not happen if you and I don't do the work that we can do. Now, if you're retired, this doesn't mean that you need to keep getting a job. Retirement means that you invest your life and your time and your energy doing the things you wish you would have done earlier, but you had no time because you had a nine to five, because you had 40 hours a week where your life was given somewhere else. When you retire, that means you can take that time, that energy, and invest it in serving other people in other areas where you just didn't have the time. For those of us who are underworking by choice and deciding I'm just not gonna do anything, I'm gonna let the government take care of me or I'm gonna let unemployment take care of me, I'm not gonna get a job. The Bible has very clear language about people who refuse to work and none of it is positive. The reason is because it makes us better. Like we just talked about, work gets work done in us, work gets work done through us and work also answers our prayers. Like when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray in that whole our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, like that type of thing. One of the things is give us today our daily bread, like provide the food for us that we need. God knows that and God says, okay, I'm going to provide that for you by leading you to a job where you can serve me, where you can get tired, where you can spend your energy answering your own prayers. Not in a mean way, but in an empowering way. That God places us in places where he can use the abilities and the gifts that he's given us to do work through us. The third way is what I'm calling not real work. And I don't mean that I'm the one who's saying not real work. It's the thing that's saying, well, I'm, I'm just a stay-at-home parent. Like, that's not real work. Yes, it is real work. Because you're investing your time, your energy, your sanity, your, your sleep oftentimes in a person who isn't going to pay you. But instead, they're going to wake you up tomorrow morning at 5.15 without an alarm clock by jumping on your face as you try to sleep. (laughs) Like Anna stayed home with all three of our kids. And there are people on staff here who that was their life too. They were stay-at-home parents while the other spouse went and worked. And what you're doing in that is you're investing in the life of the next generation. And God loves the vulnerable and God loves the oppressed. And God sees kids as an area where that is a worthwhile sacrifice. And it realistically is a sacrifice because in all of my work, I have never had my computer or a project I'm working on randomly throw themselves on the ground and start crying when I ask them to do something. But babies do that all the time. And so the idea that taking care of kids is not real work, that's not from God. If we run that back the opposite end of the age spectrum, Staying home to take care of an aged parent, that's also real work. Another area where God blesses us and God sees you in a way that nobody else does as you invest your life to take care of the oppressed and the marginalized and the people who can't take care of themselves. God is all about that. God loves that. Last way where work can work us over is is around sinful work. Like our daily work can only be called a calling, can only be good if it's actually making God's people better. If it's serving people, if our job is the type of thing that's leading people to sin, then it's our opportunity to repent, our opportunity to turn away from the way that we were doing and do life God's way. And if you're thinking, well, then I will have no job. What do I do? Then we pray for a job. The people who are there on the sides to pray in the service, they're there to pray for people's jobs. And we've seen God move in a bunch of different ways around jobs in this season. And God providing jobs for people who didn't have jobs and God providing life-giving jobs for people who were done and who were spent at their job, pushing them in a way where they felt was sinful. 
They started sharing what was going on. And so we started praying as a church and then people started transitioning jobs. Not because we're amazing, we have a million connections, but because God does. And he sees one person here in a way that's, that's pushing them spiritually in a bad place. And he puts them in a new place. I was talking with one of you uh, a couple of months ago uh, before service and you were sharing about how you're in a new job now. And so I asked why, well, what's going on? He said, well, because the boss I was working for was really difficult for me and I felt like being there was making me a more toxic person. He didn't say, oh, my boss is terrible. He said, me being there was leading me to be a worse person. So I found a new job. That, that type of attitude that I'm going to use everything I can to, to be a blessing for my family, be a blessing for the place where I work, and to lead people to good things and not bad things, that's where, that's where we see God's value and God's endorsement of work ring through. And finally, Jesus' work on the cross gives us a new resume and a new job description. Jesus, in his last night with his followers, uh, he said this, and the media team is going to put it up on screen. Jesus is their boss. He says, I'm giving you a new commandment. So it's the boss. He says, this is what you're going to do now. This is your job description now. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Right there, that's our new resume. As you go into work right now, you're not fighting for your recognition. You're not fighting for your value. You're not fighting for your worth. You're not fighting for your significance. You're not fighting to turn the tide in your life that you are no longer a waste of space because Jesus already says you're loved. You're not just loved by the people who you do stuff for. You are loved by the creator of the universe who loves you and not only loves you, but he also died for you. This is the good news that that we can share, that we can have our hope in, is that Jesus loves you and me so much that he would come into the world to do his life-saving work, life-changing work on our behalf so that we can step into a relationship with God. That's our new job description, our worth, our value, our provision. Everything that we work for is already wrapped up in Jesus, which then frees us to be able to live for God every area of our life. That's our new job description. My prayer is that as we go from here, we're going out as men and women tomorrow and this afternoon, if you're going in this afternoon, who are armed with that peace and that significance and that value that God loves you, that God has sent you into your places to do the jobs that he's created you for in a way that's going to reflect him and make him look good.